Hey everyone, how are you doing? My name is Ricky Rigolato, the founder of Route the Service Platform. It's a sales platform for the commercial cleaning services industry. I am also the owner of Rosalato Services, a family-owned commercial cleaning company. So welcome to Cleaning and Cocktails, a show where I get the opportunity to sit down with cleaning industry experts and share stories, talk shop about the industry. So grab your cocktail, listen in, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Cleaning and Cocktails. These, you know, I got Ricky and Carlos here. Everybody raise their drinks. I always miss this step. I always forget to touch on the drink. Not first. today. The whole emphasis is that we're up. Yeah. All right, so guys, uh, again, Cleaning and Cocktails is all about a show that really highlights the commercial cleaning industry. I get to talk to cleaning experts. I get to talk to you know other business owners in the space that I'm in. Um, and just really share stories, share uh, ideas, share visions of what the outlook of our industry looks like, uh, and really just talk shop. You know, that's, that's all what we're here for. So, without further ado, let's get right into this. Ricky, why don't we start with you? Tell us who you are. Um, last name Funk. You gotta love it. But go, go into, you know, give us an idea of who Ricky is. You know, a little sure. bit about you and the, and the company, and take it away, man. All right, my name is uh, Ricky Funk. Uh, my company is Dust Busters Premium Cleaning Services. We've been in, in we've been in the business for about three years, close to three years. Uh, right before uh, the whole COVID thing, we had about ten employees. We scaled down a bit. Now we're recovering. Um, we do both residential and commercial. I'll talk about that a little bit later. And 2019, we did. Uh, 250,000 in residential and about 50,000 in commercial. Nice, nice, good numbers. Only three years in too, that's, that's not bad, but. Yeah, th those numbers are for uh, last year, our second year in business. Cool, Carlos, your turn, buddy. Take it away. So I'm Carlos Mejia. Uh, my company is Premier Maids. We're based uh, here in uh, DC, in the greater DC area. Um, I've been in business just over three years. Uh, Going, I yeah, just over three years, and um, in 2019 we did just over 300,000 in sales for residential. Um, in commercial, we did probably um, roughly 65 to 70,000, give and take. Okay, wow, man, shit, this is actually perfect, you guys. I mean, this is you guys are you know right there, similar type size of companies, similar years in the business, so this is going to be great, man. Uh, I mean, uh, Ricky has more employees than I do, actually, uh, or had before COVID. I I'm doing yeah. everything with uh, seven employees. And we'll talk about that too, because I think that's going to be a, just a nugget that I want to talk about as far as the employee, the way employees look in residential versus the employees look on a commercial side, right? But before we get into commercial, let's let's continue to talk about residential, right? I don't. I actually never get the opportunity to talk about residential because I really don't do much on the residential side, guys. I, you know, I do floor services, I would say. That's about the only service that I'll provide on the residential side. Um, so this is going to be great for me to learn what it is to be in the residential cleaning industry from you guys. Um, so why don't we first say, Carlos, what three years ago, what made you step into, because again, you, you always hear it, right? Is Nobody gets out of college, graduates, and says, "Hey, I'm going to open up a cleaning business." So, what, what, what motivated you, or what you know, was it family? Was it opportunity? What got you into the residential cleaning space? 
basically it's a little bit of a combination of family and opportunity. Um, I grew up in my uh, very classic uh, immigrant story. My mom came to the U.S. first and she started working for her own um, and uh, she wanted to retire. So she kind of stopped cleaning and I had kind of had that background uh, growing up through high school and even a little bit in college, just helping out and, and getting to know clients and stuff like that. So I had been working in uh, government in the uh, public sector for a little bit. Uh, great, enjoyed it, um, but I was always on contracts uh, and those end after a while. So um, the last contract I had ended and I was like, well, what do I do now? And so I wanted to just venture out. And so I did a few other things, but uh, I came uh, back to residential cleaning and I was like, you know what? I, why don't I do this? I have the background. I can always rely on my mom who was at that point retired, but you know, I was like, why not? There's nothing stopping me. So I did. And I started in DC. That was um, my first uh, base. And I say DC, but obviously like, if anyone's familiar with the DC area, you can get to Virginia and Maryland within minutes. Um, so it, it's not like you're driving an hour to a different state, but um, so yeah, that's how I got into it. And I've been, yeah, I've been doing it three years now. Nice. It's, it's interesting. I, I always wanted to do this. And I think at one point I will, but to do a poll of how many people did clean the house or cleaned during college or even in high school, like as a part-time job or just, I feel like everybody's done a cleaning job at one point or the other. Um, and that it's, it's actually interesting, everybody that I talked to. Uh, Ricky, what about you? What Was it residential that you got into first? Was it commercial or yes. what? So we, we got into residential first and I, I believe it's, uh, a lot of people do it for necessity. You know, they, they start cleaning just a house or two and, and you know, it grows to a business we actually decided from day one, from day zero, let, let's do a business. We're, we're not just cleaning houses, we're, we're gonna own a business. And I feel that residential is the easiest way to get into the industry without knowledge. I, I feel like if I knew from day zero what entails commercial and what entails residential, I would have gone commercial from day zero. Uh, it's just that people, don't know. I didn't know. We didn't know. So uh, we were in residential because it's probably the easiest way to get into the industry. Uh, long story short, uh, it was Christmas 2017, I believe. My wife and I were so tired. My background is in technology and I was just tired of working for someone else. So we said, let's do our own thing. And, and we said, let's do cleaning. And two weeks later, we had all the legality. We had everything in place, website, Two weeks later, we had everything ready and we started our business. Nice. Well, you know what? I mean, you touched on something that, you know, I just, I was talking to somebody out here in Chicago. This guy just started his business three months ago, hit the ground running. And he actually touched on something that said, Rick, you know, I have, I have no business starting a cleaning company. He's like, I own an events company for many years, you know? And he was like, but I'll tell you what, there is little to no barrier to entry to mm -hmm. this just, just cleaning in general, right? Whether it's commercial or residential. But what you said about, and I saw Carlos smile a little bit too, because he's probably got a, a perception of residential versus commercial as far as what's easier or not, is you know, you, 
you, I would have thought too that, oh, residential, it's easy to find somebody that needs their house clean. Boom, get that one, get another one, get the next door neighbor. Um, but I, I've done residential and I've done commercial. I got to say residential is tough. You know, like yep. expectations is a different beast when it comes, it comes to residential. To residential. Where commercial, I, you get the feeling sometimes like it's not their, their building. You know, it's not their office. You know, per, a lot of times that's the people that you're cleaning there for. But residential, that's their home. You know, like they've they've got certain expectations there. So it is, to me, it was scary to get, try to get into residential. So I, you know, kudos to you guys for both starting in residential because I think you learned some of the type of cleaning. Where uh, where commercial, it's like man, yeah, it's it's an open space. It's to me, it's easier, right? But as far as residential guys, and I, I think you guys would be great to to break this down for me is. When, when, somebody's, when somebody wins one client and then they win five or 10 or 11, I, I mean, you're, what is the frequency like for residential? You know, is it one time a week that you're servicing these clients and then oh. they call you back to do once a week or is it a month or how does, the, how does a single family, three bedroom house frequency of cleaning look like? Usually it will be for us, at least it's every two weeks. We do have weekly clients, bi-weekly, monthly, you know, once in a while, but probably the most common is every two weeks. And that's, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that's a big difference with commercial that a lot of people don't seem to get. They, uh, they price commercial as residential when they don't seem to understand the volume of hours. That's a big difference. So you can, you can lower your costs because you, you're going to make, a lot more hours in commercial. So I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, and I feel like that's the biggest difference on, on residential and commercial related to pricing. And people don't seem to get that, especially coming from the residential side, they still wanna charge those prices. And, and obviously they, they're not gonna get a lot of contracts because they, they just pricing it wrong. Yeah, so, so Carlos talking about pricing for residential, right? Is how, I, Ricky, you said it's more expensive in your in your situation. Carlos, do you see that same thing? Like, is residential a higher price because it's low frequency or because of the expectations that a client has? So because of the expectation. So you, in the, I mean, in my in my experience, you you know, like Ricky said, you go into a commercial account and you bill on the frequency and you you know, you you make money on the billable hours as opposed to a residential account, you have expectations. You have, not that you don't in commercial, but you have set expectations every time you go in that it has to be done this way. And sometimes those expectations rotate because, you know, they're, they're renovating the bathroom. So now you have um, to redo the entire kitchen and, and, or skip that area. And so now you, now you have to like work around stuff like that, where in commercial, you have less uh, surprises, I would want to say. Um, and so now you, you have to kind of make up for lost time uh, or even added time in residential, where in commercial, you, you're, you have what you're doing and you're doing it. And you, let's say the frequency is three times a week or four times a week. You know, the, the more you're doing it, the easier it becomes and, and you can rotate those um, expectations or, or tasks basically. Yeah, no, man, I, it's, it's crazy. Like we have, we have one of the, 
one of our team members on the janitorial side cleans uh, our apartment, my wife and I, and she's there once a week, right? But it's like, well, I'll catch my wife because she was the head trainer, you know, the inspector, the bulldog, uh, and I'll catch, catch her like moving things and, you know, moving the, moving the couch, moving the table. And I'm like, you know, babe, what are you looking at? She's like, well, I, you know, I expected this to be moved. I want to make sure it was moved. I'm like, holy crap. If my commercial client did that for every, every corner, every desk, every chair, I mean, yeah, it's, that's why, again, it's, it, it's amazing when I see residential business owners scale and grow because it just, one, a one client seems so intense and expeditious. I, residential is just, it's, it's new to me. So I, 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 I'm going to ask a lot of questions to you guys. So I hope I don't, you know, bombard you guys with questions. But let's, now let's flip it. Let's go to Ricky. What, how did the feeling go from when you were doing residential the whole time and you had your first, so was it that you had your first commercial contract opportunity? Did you go look for it? Did it come on you? Did it fall on your lap? How did the first commercial contract, uh, how did that go for you? So, uh, let me give you a bit of context. Um, when we opened our business, I was the one in charge of doing estimates and, and all that for residential. And I'm a bit of a shy person. You know, they, they, business actually helped me out to get out of that cocoon, that pr protection, you know, that I put myself in. But I'm, I'm naturally a bit shy. So I can tell you, even I guess the residential kind of prepared me for the commercial because at first I was like sweating. Like it was, I was embarrassed to go and, you know, knocking on someone's door and, you know, even though that they call us to, to ask for an estimate, but um, for commercial, I think the residential kind of, you know, put me on the right track. Um, I'll be honest, uh, probably the first couple of contracts, I didn't know what I know now. Now I can just walk in and, and, and be honest and sell it and, and tell them, you know, what we do, how much, blah, blah, and, and it's all good. But at the beginning, it was difficult. It was difficult because there's a big difference on, on the scope of work. That, that's the biggest difference. And, and that's something that Ralph actually helped me a lot, even with the default uh, scope of work. That gave me an idea. I was like, oh, okay. So, okay, I get it. So this is what's supposed to be done, right? Um, and because uh, it's completely different from, from residential. It's a, it's a big difference, uh, what you do in commercial and what you do in residential, two yeah. different businesses. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was scary until I actually got the knowledge and, and now I'm, I'm good with that. But at the beginning, it was a bit scary, you know, walking into a commercial place. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's confidence, right? Anything you do, if you have confidence, it becomes easier. Well, Carlos, what about you? When, again, did it fall in your you lap? make it. Did you go out to look for it, or how did how did the first commercial contract uh, look for you when you when you landed one? Actually, uh, I want to say it basically fell in my lap. I mean, a client, um, residential client that I that I we did work for, they owned a um, an office space, and they were like, "Hey, I, I have a tenant moving out, and we want to start servicing that office with frequency because it just seems that the you know, medical space, it's, uh, they weren't a doctor or anything, but they did medical work. I, I think they were just imaging or something, but they still had a lot of foot traffic and it was just mm -hmm. always a mess. So they were like, hey, I'll just, you know, bill it to them and include it in the, in the, in the lease agreement that it has to get service, you know, three times a week with janitorial service. And so, you know, can you come out 
deep clean it and then give me a quote for ongoing service. And I said, Oh, absolutely. And so that's, that's what I, that's how it came about. I mean, I'd say it was pretty fortunate. It fell in my lap, but. So actually that, so that's a, that's a great point. So I, I was, I was going to say, I, I would assume these residential clients, uh, they could be CEOs, they could be office managers, they could be directors of facilities. You don't know really who they are. So if you're putting your best foot forward and you're doing a good job with the residential, I can only imagine what they would say, oh man, you know, you know Carlos is great. I'm just, look, you know, look what just happened. They ordered our service for their office when they know you're residential. So, it does that that it ends up turning out that these people are in a commercial office. They do business, or they are the business. Come from the good job that you did for the the residential owners. You cut out a little bit, but so either one of you guys again. can take it. Okay, I no. So I said, so let me know you guys too. Yeah, let me know if I cut out. Okay, I think Ricky, you were asking about if we actually got clients from the residential side uh, to the commercial, correct? You know, because they, they could be uh, owners of or managers. No, yeah. Okay. Um, correct. So on on my case, it might be a little bit different than than most uh, people, just because we live right next to the biggest retired community in the United States. About a hundred, hundred fifty thousand people uh, that live in. <laughs> In the city right next door so uh you know they, they don't really have a business per se they retire mm -hmm. but um it happened occasionally not a lot occasionally we did get some leads uh from the residential to the commercial side okay carlos what about you? i mean i know you said your first contract ended up being that way but what about other um, other uh, opportunities did they come out just because you're you're cleaning the space of a business owner or you know uh, executive that can call the shots for commercial contracts? Opportunities I've gotten haven't necessarily been from, uh, I mean, they've been from clients that are on the residential side, but they're not the decision makers. And, but they're like, Hey, like I, you know, I, I was talking to my manager and we were just complaining about the cleaning service. Are, are you, do you do commercial? Can you come out and take a look and I'll set you up with an appointment. So, they've provided leads, uh, like very warm leads for me. So it um, doesn't happen. I think I've, that's only happened four or five times and I've, I have those accounts, so. Oh, Ricky, you, you guys, you, so Ricky, you touched on one. I said, so you touched on one, right? As far, you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, so we, we touched on one major difference, uh, scope of work right? As far as residential to commercial, what would be another uh, difference that you guys have felt coming from the residential side to commercial side? Um, so the, the, the only difference is everything. That's, that's <laughs> short answer. <laughs> you know, um, for me, I see it as, you know, because people think about cleaning. So they think about, oh, it's about the same. The best way for me to explain it is the guy that puts your roof and the guy that probably puts, you know, uh, electrical outlets throughout your home. So it's, you know, it's related, but I see it as two different businesses. The way you, uh, the way you charge, it's completely different for me. Uh, the scope of work, 
the way you manage the business. Uh, I mean, I learned through Armando, you know, a friend of yours <laughs> that about the janitorial closet. Cause I thought, okay, so it's just like residential. I need trucks, I need company vehicles so they can go and bring everything, blah, blah. And then when, when I visited uh, Rosalado and Routh, he's like, no, you know, they're, they're, you leave everything at, at their location. You just ask for a closet. And I'm like, <laughs> and something, something so simple. And that's why, that's why I said, you know, uh, when you just want to get into the industry without any knowledge, residential is much easier than commercial just because you don't know how commercial is done. Because once I, for example, I learned that little piece of information. I was like, oh my God, it's so easy. You have everything set up over there. You just need to find two, three clients uh, for your employee. And the way that I set it up is I do try to have one employee per facility. So it becomes uh, their facility uh, in a way. And once I find, depending on, on how many hours, you know, so some people want two visits a week, three visits a week. So I feel like with two, three clients, I can have a full-time employee busy. And mm -hmm. then I move on to the next one. So going back to your question, I feel like everything is different on, on, on comparing residential to commercial. Carlos, what about you? What are some differences you saw? I have to agree with uh, Ricky. I mean, it's um, it's like it's a whole different beast. I mean, it's cleaning, but completely different. Uh, and you know, the scope of work is it's so it's like the brain of the of a computer, like CPU. Um, you know, that's basically what leads our business uh and our services is the scope of work that's what we base our pricing on that's what we base our training on um and you don't really have that in made uh, in residential cleaning you have what you do and the clients either want it or don't <laughs> but you know you coming from a commercial side the client tells you what they want and how often they want it and yeah. um that you know and, and that's 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 just the interesting part man is like because residential, yeah, I mean, it's a one-bedroom, it's a two-bedroom, it's a three-bedroom, but they're all the same. The tasks are the same, right? Again, this is me assuming. Yeah, yeah no, it is. Assume, like, no, you know, it is. It is. The task yeah, like, can change. You don't need to do a walkthrough, right? Do you guys do walkthroughs for residential? I mean, is it? I, I used to. I used to, and I got rid of them. I found them. They took too much time. And you're talking about the initial walkthrough. Yeah. Uh, yes, we, we used to. And I used to tell people, you know, on Facebook, you have to. You have to see what's the current state and blah, blah, blah. And I realized, you know what? I don't need to do that. You know, we, we set up a price. We, we send our employees that take care of it. We do a walkthrough at the end of the cleaning, making sure that the client is happy, done. Move on to the next one. And we par partly, uh, partially we were able to accomplish that through our online booking system. That helps a lot. Um, but yeah, we, we got rid of them. I don't know about Carlos. Yeah, I'm when I started my business, I swore I would never do in-home estimates, not because they're, they can be good. You can learn information. You can maybe have a better success rate in closing the deal, but they're time consuming, like Ricky said. And if you price, price it out right, you can still deliver a high quality service mm -hmm. that meets the expectations of the client without having to do that initial uh, in-home estimate. So I never did them. I've always done online booking um and it, it's worked for me 
And you, you know what, you, when you guys talk about booking, that, took, that strikes another chord for me on, uh, it, was, it was amazing for me to see that on the residential side, you guys could literally on your website, set up a calendar and be booked for services. <laughs> you know, where for commercial, you can't do that. That's not possible. Like you, you could to an extent, I guess, but uh, the calendar changes every day for us, right? And uh, we do accounts to do it five days a week, three days a week, four days a week. My whole goal is to be fixed, right? To have a concrete schedule where when I see residential websites, man, they got, they got everything they need there. Like you could book the service, arrive on site, perform the service, swipe a credit card, boom, you're done. I'm like, what the, I can't do that. I can't do that commercial. But there's a big difference. And, and, oh. and, and just to give you an example, in my, my second year, I did 250,000 in residential. And I know, I know a company that you probably heard of, uh, Ricky, that did in their second year, they also did 250,000 in commercial with 15 clients, one five. We did the same 250,000 with residential with 150. So yeah. you can actually dedicate a lot more time to a commercial client, a lot more assets, a lot more resources, because the, the contract is gonna be much bigger than a residential. And, and again, that comes back to the volume of hours that that's a big difference in commercial and residential. Yeah, because Carlos, to second that or follow that up, I'll get your in, insight on it too, because I got to feel uh, you nailed it with it takes less clients for me, right? Like I, I, and I'll generate revenue, but I'll have less amount of, not, I don't want to say headaches, but just operational, you know, uh, just operational issues running to <laughs> clients where if I have a hundred, you know, residential, like, I could see where that's why I started telling people, Mayor. Man, you should think about commercial to kind of diversify and offset some of the operational, you know, Carlos, uh, do you look at it that way too? Like, did you, was that a good analogy for you to see how many residential clients it may take to equal a low amount of commercial clients, but the same revenue? So I, um, <laughs> It's funny that Ricky brought up that example because I, I, when I saw that, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I, I have to work three times as hard and have more stress in training and um, just ordering supplies. And it's just, like I said earlier, it's a scheduling nightmare when you have 150 residential clients that all want Fridays, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so... Yes. When when you provide a cleaning service to a office, yeah, you're you're making more money because you're there more often, obviously. But it you're providing a service and it's consistent because you have the same staff or you try to have the same staff member. You're there with frequency, and you know you have everything you need there, and and there is no logistic of all right we need to be at the office at seven pick up the car pick up the supplies and you you're at the client site at eight you work there for four hours and come back and and drop off everything and then repeat no you you have the janitor's closet which is like a gem right and you have things delivered there in terms of supplies if, if you need to and your employee shows up there and clocks in and then is done clocks out and goes home and repeats the next day so it, it, it's less logistic um, nightmares, like you said, Ricky, and it's just so much better. I'm, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, think about the 
from an operational standpoint, you guys too. That's why, you know, again, commercial for me was just, uh, it allowed me to build a company, right? It allowed me to understand different departments. Uh, yes, we all have to do them. You guys probably had done every department yourselves first, right? But it goes back to do it yourself first to then go and find that accounting payable and receivables person. You know, you had to do the invoicing first, right? Go find the person that orders supplies better than you. So that like, it's like you start to plug people in different positions with commercial. When you win larger commercial clients, that's what I saw gave me the ability to build on, a, on, on myself, right? It was always me at first doing everything. You, you shoot for 10,000 a month in new revenue for a commercial client, that might be one client. You don't really need much staff. You, you, know, you put two people on there full time, but then you say, man, if I win two or three more of those, I can actually hire a supervisor. I can actually hire an inspector. I could spend more time on my business. So that's my biggest, I think, that was my biggest challenge with residential when I was like, man, it's just, it seems like I have to, I have to have hundreds of clients to reach where I want to go to. So I'm just going to go commercial, right? But commercial has its own issues too, that I think what we should do is help people that are residential prepare for that, which Carlos, you touched on, timekeeping. I got to believe in residential, you guys are really not using a clock in clock out system, right? We, we do. Um, okay. Well, yeah, just just to have an idea where our uh, our employees are throughout okay. the day, uh, we just basically uh, start and end between houses. Uh, when, you know, when you start cleaning and when you're done cleaning with the house, just to make sure that, that they're on on time and all that. Okay. Um, we don't really pay much attention than that. It's just to have an idea where our employees are at the moment, more or less. Okay. Not for. Uh, you know, not, not for payment uh, related things. I think no. <laughs> no, no, I don't do hourly charges either. So it's like Ricky said, it's more for keeping them in track and making sure we're on time to our appointments. And if they're delayed, we can get ahead of the issue by notifying the client. Yeah, that actually was what I was going to touch on, guys. Is, is it common for residential to just do like a, a loaded price for a one bedroom, loaded price for two bedroom? Uh, where in commercial you probably price hourly or per square feet to get to the to the end price right you guys aren't you're not charging per hour right no uh, we uh so we 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 have a flat rate uh and we even have it on our website you know you can pick and choose what you want it will give you a flat rate uh we do only charge hourly but only if it's something special, you know, on the residential side that we have, you know, and we're, I'm honest with a, with a client. I tell them, you know what, we have no idea how long it's going to take because it's a special, special scenario. So let's just do it hourly. Uh, contrary to commercial, as you know, we just do it, uh, we just do it hourly on commercial. And I, I might do it a bit different than, than other commercial companies. We, we, uh, we do it hourly and we basically, we do it, contract estimating the hours but we don't go by the contract so what we do at the end of the month i'll charge you for whatever time we spent at your facility no more no less mm -hmm. and i feel like that has helped me to gain contracts because people don't feel like i wonder if he's charging me too much i wonder if he's you know they, they don't feel if as if you were given a, an estimate on a flat rate for a commercial yeah we, we tell them, you know, whatever time we spend at your facility, that's what you get in charge for. 
Okay. Now, Carlos, what about, so, because like, as you guys have done and you're starting to do more commercial, uh, you know, you don't charge, you, you get to a price maybe by an hourly or a production rate and then you get, you know, per square feet and things like that. But the client really never knows the hourly rate that you, how you came up to a price, right? They just know it's 3000 a month for five days a week. Did you guys, you know, Ricky, I think you touched on it, but Carlos, did you find it a little difficult to transition to the commercial model to understand, you know, how did you bid? How did you estimate? How did your proposals come about? Because I, uh, in residential, I, I think residential, you don't really do a proposal, right? No. I, I just, it, cause they can cancel anytime they want. They, when they book online, they, uh, you know, they see the price up front. You know, if they, they're happy with it, they're happy with it. And if they're not, they're not, you know, they won't be my clients. So um, I know some other companies do like uh, agreements or contracts, but I, I choose not to. Um, I, I'm just straightforward and upfront. So. Well, I want a client that, that doesn't want to work with you, right? I mean, that, that, that's, that's something that I've always seen when it's crazy when I'll, I'll have a client that says, oh, I'm locked in for this contract for another year. And you could see like they're upset. They're, they don't like that they're locked in. I'm like, man, if I were that company, why would I lock you in? And then you're not working well with each other. There's no respect there. It's like, yeah, if you don't want to work with me, you have 30 days to cancel. You know, go, we'll go our separate ways because you want to work with the people that want to work with you. Yeah. Gyms do it. So why can't we? Like you, when you sign up for a gym membership, you have to cancel within, give notice within 30 days. Of, so that's all um, I need. Like, yeah, I don't need to lock yeah. you in for a year of, there's, he said, she said, you're never going to be happy. And it's like, man, it's, it's a lot of effort. A lot of effort goes into customer service. So like, but going back to your point, um, your question, I mean, uh, when I first started bidding, I, I will admit my first bid was a disaster because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but and I, somehow I, but somehow I still managed to make money on that account and I still have that account. So I'm very grateful. But, um, since then, though, I have, you know, obviously calculated my cost and then I've added my profit and then, okay, so, and then that's how I base my pricing. I, I, I do, um, I'm a little different than Ricky. I don't do it hourly. I give them a, but I, it kind of works out the same. I give them, I estimate how long it will take based on my production rates and my costs. And then I give them a flat fee that they pay a month and, you know, I, obviously to train my employees and, and talk to them and about what our target our target hours are each night that we're there. So we're not, you know, that way I'm not spending more money than I need to on the employee. And I, and I don't feel like I'm being cheated out of um, the contract because I'm, I'm not charging enough. So nice. I calculate, yeah. So I calculated based on, you know, my costs and what my profit and what I think, you know, will be there for. Yeah. Cause I mean, I forgot who said it. I don't know, Ricky, I don't know if you said it or Carlos, but when you guys said that you, you have your pricing on the website, again, common thing that I see on a lot of residential websites, uh, you know, one bedroom, 150, two bedroom, 225, and so on. Like, that's that's a big difference. For commercial, you'll never see pricing. On, you know, it's you have to inquire. You have to do a walkthrough. You have to understand that, you know, I, you know, if you guys have ever run into this, this is some advice for me for everybody is, you know, in the beginning, I thought 3,000 square feet was 3,000 square feet. Like, it's going to be the same price whether you're in an office, a restaurant, or healthcare. No, no. <laughs> they, 
it is a, a 3,000 square foot bar restaurant that has 100 people walking in every hour versus a 3,000 square foot office that has 10 employees, no foot traffic, completely different cleanings. So it's like just other elements that I could see why it could be intimidating probably to walk into and try to price out something that you have to assume your production rate. But I think like you guys said too, with residentials, with years or with you know doing the work and understanding production of you and your teams, it starts to become a science, right? It really does become a, a science that you guys understand and your team start to understand. But it's like you have to walk in their footsteps, right? I mean, you guys both, can you tell me you guys have both cleaned yourself? Uh, yes, definitely. At, at the beginning, uh, at the beginning, it was my wife and I, and I would go with my wife and, and do the cleaning with her. Um, I wanted to expand on, on the on the pricing and the, the way we charge a bit because I, I still feel like we do it just a little bit different because um, we we don't do production rate. We basically do hourly. Now, uh, obviously, as you mentioned, it's different to clean an office to uh, to a health facility to a restaurant. So there are different rates that we have. But we, we do have a base rate uh, for a you know normal office, um, and we basically did our numbers you know and this is you know this is how much we charge and we charge by the time that we spend at the facility we don't do uh, like like you mentioned you know it's gonna be uh, three thousand a month we tell them we estimate it's gonna be this much at the end of the day we're only gonna charge you for the time that we spend at the facility. So it might, I don't know if I might be a little bit different than- yeah, That's different. That's definitely different. But it's way different, yeah. It's very transparent, I guess. You could say if you find the right clientele, they're gonna respect you and actually appreciate and trust you with it, it feels it, it feels safer because I'm not, I'm not overcharging, I'm not undercharging. I know I'm making a profit because I did my numbers. So per hour I'm making X amount of profit. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, we can do the scope of work, great. We can do as much as you want. You're paying per hour. So we're, we're gonna be there cleaning. We're not gonna be there doing anything else. So if today we spend six hours, we're gonna charge you for six hours. If tomorrow we spend four hours, we're gonna charge you for four hours at the end of the month, right? So they feel a bit safe that, okay, I, well, he told me 3000 a month. I don't know if that's gonna be too much or, or, or not. So. In that way, I know we're making money and I know the client feels safe on, on you know, I'm only paying for what I'm using in, in a way. That would be, uh, I think that would be a great side topic to go on to Ricky, because that, that's definitely unique. I've, I've heard of that type of pricing, but I guess my, my fear would be mess, how to message that to the status quo of everybody just assumes a monthly contract service price, right? Everybody assumes you know, it is 3000 a month. It's, you know, they can forecast, they can budget for that, multiply it by 12. Um, I can give you an estimate, you know, and, and you, you, you talked about disruption in the industry, you know, I'm trying to make it work. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 again, I feel like- It's a good way to look at it. If you find the right clients, again, I mean, I think they, they would understand. I mean, in post-construction, that's how we do it, right? We do face cleaning. It's never the same. You know, it's, it's literally the hours that we work are the hours we bill you for. That, yeah, that's what we do. And, and so okay. far, it's, it's worked, worked out for us. Okay. Carlos, you got anything to add to that? No, I, I was going to say I might have to ask for, for more info from Ricky because <laughs> if, it works, if it works, it works. But, you it know, works, like, I'm, yeah, um, I've always done it the same way you've done it, um, uh, Rosalado. I, I, I just kind of 
given a flat fee because I work with a lot of organizations that, you know, budget and forecast um, and, you know, in bad economic years, they've come to me and say, hey, like, we've lost membership numbers. And so we need a reduction in, in, in costs or expenses. You know, can we work out a deal? Um, so I guess having that fixed number helps. Uh, but, you know, may, maybe it, there's different opportunities to, to do it hourly, like Ricky does in Florida. Oh, yeah. Maybe I need to um, that's an interesting concept. I like that. But definitely another topic on that for sure. I was going to expand, you know, on the main topic, you know, residential to commercial. It's a it's a easy way for for us residential companies to transition to commercial because when you walked in into a commercial place and it's a huge big place, you're like, oh, holy crap! You know, how, how long is it going to take me? How how much? What's the right number? I don't want to underbid on uh, overbid. So it's a safe way, I would say. Uh, to transition from residential residential to commercial because again we're only charging for what we do and no more no less no and i and i you know what i would say dominic from my team i think you met him ricky right is yes. yeah I did. Say, that is a good way to look at how to match expectations because on commercial uh you don't you don't know what you're walking into you don't know that you're walking into an, uh, an office that had 13 cleaning companies in the last 13 years every year they go out for bid and they change the company because you're probably getting fixed prices, you don't get what they want for the price. Or if you came in and said, "Hey, your expectations are X," I'm going to match it with X, you know. And let's just try it for 30 days. And so I think, yeah, again, that would be that would be interesting, man. That's I was going to say the next question I have for you guys, which that could be one of them or one answer to it is, what are tips? What are some tips that you guys would give to a residential cleaning business? That, you know, because we see it all the time, right, guys, on all the Facebook groups is uh, getting my first commercial contract. I'm about to go to to my first walkthrough. Just won my first commercial contract. You know, there's excitement there when you when you are getting into the commercial space because the ability to work with corporate, the ability to work with government, the ability to work with you know, multi multi location clients. You're talking about life changing revenue, life changing opportunities where you know. I, me, I just won a six, a six location account that is like 17,000 a month in business. You know, we, it's going to be a great account for us. Yep. Change somebody's life that was literally at a hundred thousand a year in business. This account alone doubles that. Right. So it's like, and those are very easy to win with approach, with a open mindset, with the right tools, advice, tactics um so i mean i can go on and on but you guys touch on a couple tidbits that have helped you successfully win contracts and why why should somebody go from residential to commercial or at least have uh, a diversification of both in their portfolio um go ahead Ricky, do you want to take it or i'll, I'll uh, take it go ahead okay um for me, I would say diversification never hurts. Um, if you're established in residential and, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm established. I've, I've only been in the game three years, but I, I do have a few accounts in commercial space, but it never hurts. I mean, um, a lot of us have experienced uh, down uh, time during, in residential, I would say we've experienced downtime through the whole pandemic and COVID. I mean, I was closed for three months. 
from early March all the way to the second week in June. But I was able to keep some employees employed. I was still paying my bills and I still was able to pay myself um, because I did have those commercial accounts that were being serviced every 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 day or every week. Um, so I guess it, it never hurts to to diversify. I mean, that's business one-on-one right there, right? Uh, diversify your assets. Advice um, would be just, you know, talk to the client, talk to the, to the lead, make sure you have the right expectations set. If this, this is your first account, make sure you're going in there with the right information from the client. And then you set the expectation of what you your services can do and offer and also get from them what they, they want and what's the biggest pet peeve for them. I have found that, that every client has one thing that will irritate them if it doesn't get done every day or every every time, every service. Um, some some could be as small as, you know, the bathrooms don't ever have enough toilet paper, which I do have a client that that's their biggest pet peeve. So how do I train my employee to service that account? It's by always making sure there's enough toilet paper in the bathrooms and the stalls, because if I know that's not bugging them, you know, we can work through anything else and have a, a, a very peaceful business relationships. Um, and so for me, communication with my clients has, has been really um, key from the beginning, uh, from the walkthrough to the bidding. If you have any questions with my proposal or if I wasn't clear in anything, please don't hesitate to call. Or, and I even follow up too, the day after I send the proposal, a few days after, hey, do you have any questions? What can I answer? You know, what can we do to get this signed? I mean, I don't tell them that, but in my mind, I'm like, all right, what, what do I have to do to make sure that they feel secure in doing business with me? Uh, and then we can get the signed. And then moving forward, training. There's so many resources out there to train employees who have never done, you know, a commercial space. And, um, you know, make sure that you are trained yourself in case of an emergency or in case you have to be the one doing it the first few weeks. Um, but I always like to be with my employees the first few days of a, of a contract. Um, obviously, I'm not big enough to, to have a supervisor, but if I did, I would have a supervisor. But uh, till then, it's me, and I'm, you know, I'm there. If it's uh, every night account, I'm there two weeks every night, making sure that we're doing everything on the scope of work and we're meeting those expectations. And I'm constantly doing um, reviews with the client. Hey, quarterly, you know, what what can we be improving on? What are you liking? Um, so yeah, those are those would be my tips. Okay, okay. Ricky, what about you? Um, you know. It's funny because when when Carlos, you were saying uh, about you know being there, it's impossible on the residential side. You know, you have 150, 200 clients. There, there's no way that you're gonna be there at all times or even once once a month because it's so much, uh, so many clients. You know, which is opposite on the commercial side. On the commercial, you can you can spend the time to actually visit clients and and be there for them. Um, so I, I want to talk about the. Uh, I know you, you talked about, about uh, diversify. Um, I would recommend pick one. You either go residential or go commercial. Now it's funny because 
our tagline uh, on our business is residential and commercial cleaning. <laughs> it just, I didn't know at the time. And now we do both residential and commercial, but uh, I want to talk to, uh, you know, if someone is about to start a, a cleaning company, I would choose you either go residential or you go commercial. And if you ask me, I would go commercial, just get the education you need to do it right. Uh, and, and go, go all in on the commercial. Um, again, two different businesses. Uh, I feel like completely different. Uh, I feel the, the commercial side, and especially I want to talk to uh, all the residential cleaners that are, that are thinking about uh, going commercial or, you know, that they, they have no idea what's, what entails on the commercial. I can give you the difference that I see between them both. That, that might help someone out there. Uh, I see on the commercial side, you don't need company vehicles, really. You just find the client, you find an employee, you tell them you're supposed to go here uh, three times a week for X amount of hours. You go, you're done, you go home because all this stuff is at the, uh, at the facility. You don't have to come back to the office, uh, refill the truck or pick up stuff. Everything will be there for you. So that right there is a, is a big difference. That, I mean, just getting rid of, of company vehicles and Partially at the beginning, you can get rid of an office that on the residential side, I feel there's more need for an office to, for people to come and, and pick up stuff. And I know a lot of people at the beginning might use their home, might use a storage facility, but as they grow and it happened to us, we needed to move to an office. On the commercial side, I see it more of, a, of an option that you choose to because you want to be professional and you want to have an office. On the residential side, it's more like a need. So just to recap, you don't need, I don't feel like you, you don't need commercial vehicles unless you want to, for some reason, that's going to be uh, positive for the business. Uh, you don't need an office unless, again, you want to. Uh, so I feel that there's that big difference between commercial and residential that if I were to start from zero, I would go commercial 100%. Uh, residential, I, I love residential, don't get me wrong, but as you mentioned before, uh, it's uh, intricate, I will say, you know, <laughs> try to be nice. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's not easy. Um, you have, uh, you're, you're walking into someone's home. So that's their, their palace, their secret, uh, their, uh, their uh, you know, their place in, in life. It's your home and, and, you know, it's very tricky. When you do a facility, yes. I mean, there are, you know, things that you have to match, but, it's different. It's just a facility different than it's a home. Completely, yeah. Two different complete scenarios. Good, good. Thank you guys for that. So, and it, again, because, because what, what this is about, right? This episode is, is about from going to residential to commercial. So, but, but a blanket, a blanket statement or a blanket uh, item I'd like to address is what do you guys have to say about you're talking to a lot of people that, that like to state and say the perception of our industry is not difficult. You know, it's just cleaning. Uh, you know, why do you charge so much for an hourly rate? You know, and, and these are things that you'll get on the commercial side, I think a little bit more than residential where uh, there is a lot of competition out there, right? So you have to stand out. You have to, to have a brand. You have to have an image. You have to, you know, look professional, look the part. Um, but, but you'll still see, you'll have those people that say it's, you know, oh, it's just cleaning. You know, how the hell are you, you know, how, how could you charge this much or, you know, uh, you know, how much really goes into running a cleaning operations? I mean, we've talked about a lot of stuff already, but like shed some light on 
our industry and the way we run our business, right? Even though you could be a 250,000 year business, 500,000, a million, five, 10 million, as you grow and as you scale and as you want to, what you talk about innovation, Ricky, right? Is how much, how much innovation does cleaning involve? What have you guys seen from when you first started to where you're at today? And I'm just saying cleaning in general. Like, um, so I, I do want to take this question because I'm going to defer from you. I see it the other way around. And, and, and I do have, a, we do have a lot of experience in, in residential. So the biggest problem in residential uh, is that the lady or, or man down the road with a bucket and a vacuum, that could be your competition in a way because mm. you show up to a home and you tell them, you know, it's going to be 130 for a three, two, every two weeks. And they tell you, oh, but the, the lady down the road does it for 60 bucks. Why? Because she doesn't pay insurance. She doesn't pay workers comp. She doesn't have really any overhead. You know, it, that's, and that's the biggest difference. Um, I don't see that in commercial. So I, that's why I said, I'm going to defer from you. And it's good to have different point of views because in commercial, you, you're not going to find that that problem in a way uh, and that that's one of the things and i used to spend a lot of money on residential we used to have this like booklet with all the stuff that we done and and you know put it in, in, in a book and give it to the residential when we were just doing an estimate and drive for 20 minutes spend 45 minutes because uh the person wants to talk and that's fine and then drive another four so you you lost about two hours and a half probably doing an estimate and at the end of the day, when you tell them, well, it's going to be 120, they tell you, oh, no, I'm sorry. You know, uh, I have someone that does it for 80. And you're like, with 80 bucks, I, I don't even pay my cleaners. You know, so I feel like coming from a residential side point of view, you don't have those issues in, in commercial. Uh, you might have a different kind of set of problems, but know those problems uh, because you do have that. And I know a lot of people would say, well, you know, that, that client... It's probably not for you, so that's not your competition. And I agree with that. You know, we, we don't want that client. We want clients that are happy, that, that are happy paying what they're supposed to pay, and they're happy with the service, and that those are the clients that we look for. Very, very good point. And that's actually, I like both perspectives, right? Because, yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, I, I, I would see it. You know, like I live in an apartment building right now. Uh, and it just boggles my mind to see that there's like 50 cleaning companies that come in to my 400 unit apartment building where it's like, man, you know, why wouldn't one company just get all the units? Well, it doesn't work like that, right? Everybody's, you know, the, the property manager doesn't choose what cleaning companies coming into each unit. It's each tenant. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I would see sometimes, uh, you know, just a very unprofessional looking person that's coming to clean somebody's space and then you see the professional that comes in and it's like man i wonder who i would assume the person who looks professional gets more business but you might not know that right they the person that doesn't look may have a better price point and just get more business because a lot of times it's based on price right but they might not have a business and the, the person that looks more professional might have a business or might be part of a business that's that's the biggest difference and I got to tell you, when I do residential estimates, I explain that to them, you know, when, whenever they, they feel like it might be a bit too much, I explain it. You know, if you're looking into price, we might not be the right company for you. I would, and I recommend just look for the one person that does it. And that, that'll be probably your, your best fit. 
you know, we, again, we, uh, we have insurance, we have workers comp, we have a, we have a front, uh, we have a store in, on main street. Uh, so we we don't, we're not running our business out of our home. You know, we are a professional respect, respected company in the community. So, you know, th these are our prices. We guarantee our work. You know, if you have any problems, we'll come back, we'll make it right. Uh, you know, we're not going to show up with a, a beat up car that's going to leak oil all over your driveway. And if for some reason, even if our company vehicles do that, you know what, it's covered. You know, we, we have insurance. So I, I feel like those are a big difference. Carlos, what about, what about you on the fact of, do you see the cleaning industry as an innovative industry um, moving forward right now? I mean, we haven't even talked about COVID-19 here. This whole entire, it's the first time I think Gosh, about COVID. But what about innovation yeah. in our space, Carlos? Yeah, uh, Ricky, you're gonna have to do a, a whole segment on COVID because, it, <laughs> or maybe a few because it, it's just a, a topic that just doesn't end. Yeah. But yeah, um, no, I honestly do think, and, and I share some of the same beliefs that Ricky does with his residential business because you know you don't want. There are some customers you don't want, honestly, um, and those are the price choppers. Um, not that you you know you may be fairly in comparison with another. Uh, established business but you definitely don't want to be attracting the clients that are used to paying sixty dollars for their three bedroom two bath home and then you're charging them 140 you know that's not what you want but um i do think that the cleaning industry right now and moving forward is innovative we have technology that sets us apart that we can be better in training better in quality assurance um and that, to me, sets us apart from, you know, Joe Schmo down the street trying to, nothing wrong with Joe Schmo doing it on his own. But when you're trying to do a business and you're trying to produce quality, consistent, you need those innovative tools to train your employees, to train the rest of your staff and train yourself. And then that's how you are able to provide the quality and consistent service to your clients. Yes, nailed it. I mean, it, we the this this industry is a lucrative industry if if done right and taken serious, right? Like if if you got you know, and, I, and you guys take it very serious, right? That's why I, I you know I invited you guys on here because I wanted to get your perspective on the residential side because I don't know I don't have much experience in it, right? Uh, and and but you're talking to the audience of your fellow residential cleaners. To, to you know, to let them know that commercial is is a good option, right? It is it is beneficial to, to diversify. Um, I guess vice versa too, because I think we learned a little bit on residential, because I really haven't talked about residential, so this was very informative to to the listeners to know on the residential side. What does that look like? You know, how, what's the perspective of residential business owners? Um, because most of the talks that we've had is is commercial based, right? But guess, but think about it, guys. Is the products don't change, right? The equipment doesn't change. You know, I, it doesn't. It doesn't. Say, you know, billing changes a little bit here and there, but it's just it's there's similarities in it. But it's just. I think it's uh, much easier the, the commercial side now that I know what Intel. But about, I think I think Carlos, do you agree that I think Ricardo thinks commercial is easier? Yeah. <laughs> You, I, I really think you like commercial side. I'm gonna, the, 
I'm going to say that you love that you love the commercial side. Ricardo, uh, Mr. Ricardo Funk is a, a big fan of commercial cleaning. <laughs> um, no, you know, but he did, he did bring a very valid points that I think a lot of people just miss, and there and there may be some of that in commercial because I have run into, um, and, and Ricky, you can stop me at any point if I'm going uh, way beyond my scope of of talking here, but when when Ricardo talking about his business in um, Florida, talking about the clients, you spend, you know, 20 minute drive time, 45 minute uh, walk through in the home or in home estimate, and then another 20 minutes uh, drive time back to the house or his office, whatever. You know, you spend two and a half hours of your day to maybe get a client, maybe not. Um, but the same thing. So I don't want to this uh, or give this illusion to anyone that wants to um, jump into commercial side, you will have those op uh, moments in commercial cleaning where you do spend 45 minutes or an hour doing a whole, you know, 15,000 square foot building walkthrough. And you're like, yes, this is a great opportunity. And the client's like, nope, we went with someone that's right. $200 cheaper. But, but um, the biggest difference is, on the commercial side, you're going to end up with a $30,000 a year uh, contract, maybe. And with the residential side, you're going to end up with, uh, you know, 2000 or 3000 You know, that, that's, I guess, the, uh, I, I guess that's the take. difference that I see. Wow. Oh, I think we lost Carlos. Carlos is gone. Oh, man. Um, I, I feel, uh, just to expand on that, I feel that that's a big difference. And going back to the you know, this, this company that I know in Chicago, they made, you know, 250,000 with 15 clients or their second year. And my second year, I did the same money with 150 clients, 10 times. So I feel like that's the biggest difference. I'm willing to waste three hours of my day trying to get a $30,000 contract. I'm just, I'm trying not to waste three hours of my day trying to get a $2,000 a year contract with the residential. Does that make sense, Ricky? No. That makes sense. Oh, you just don't. You just don't want to always be thinking that you're gonna get, like that's that was my. I'm talking from my experience when I walked into like let's say my third I think uh, walkthrough. I was like, this is a seven thousand square foot building. I'm gonna nail it. I I think I have enough experience now. Um, and then like I submit the bid. They're like, great. Your numbers look great. And then I get the email saying, hey, we went with someone that was. $200 cheaper. And I'm like, seriously, by $200. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I agree with you. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you always have those, those like teaching moments. Like you may, owe, you may have what it takes um, and you may have the knowledge, but you will run into the same situation in the commercial side of sometimes price shoppers. And then, you know what, you may be lucky enough that they weren't impressed by the $200 difference. And, um, you can uh, just, um, you know, come back to, to, they'll come back to you. That's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so there's always opportunity. Yeah. And there, a little, just a little marketing tip that, I, that I'll give out with clients that don't take you as a, as a, as a client right away. Uh, always try to get in touch, uh, you know, after a few months. And th there are ways uh, for you to sell, but not be really selling not look like you're selling, you know, you can always, 
three months after or whatever the contract is done or when it comes close to being done, you know, you can send them an email saying, hey, I forgot to attach my, my insurance information. Here it is even though that it's been three months. So you're not saying, hey, here I am, you know, remember me? You're just sharing some information with them. That, that's a little marketing tip that, that I think it works. It worked out for us. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, you, you gotta think with commercial guys, right? You, you are nurturing the client. Expect, I think, you know, I saw a percentage of like 3% of the prospects that you reach out to on the commercial side are going to be business. No, nobody's ever in the moment to buy your services. So you've got to reach out, connect, nurture the client, continue to add value, you know, know who the persona is of the client that you're going after, because then you can replicate that process over and over again. You know, so again, on the residential side, I don't know much on that part as far as how do you identify who your target customer is, but on, on commercial, if you do a good job at identifying that customer, you can replicate that customer because there's only so many verticals, you know, for, for the commercial side, it's, it's healthcare, it's restaurants, hospitality, it's general office, co-sharing, you know, top 10 or 12 verticals that if you have one, you can reference, you know, if you have two or three, you can reference and people feel comfortable working with somebody who's, who's worked with a similar type of client uh, and they'll give you the business based on, on a referral, based on reference. I think we lost Carlos again, this guy. Guys, <laughs> I'm still here. Can you hear me? Oh, there is. Yes, you. <laughs> no, it's, there, there's a black screen. Uh, I think he lost the camera. This is, this is the most important. This is, this is where we end in cheers, everybody. <laughs> Try to get back on there. Cheers but, loudly. I don't know. I sense my video is there. I don't, I don't know. Uh, we lost yeah. you again. <laughs> No, so hey guys, I you know I, I don't want to take up much more of your time. This was awesome. Uh, again, this is perspective for me because I don't know much on the residential side, so I appreciate the information that you guys have given us. Again, I think we could do another two or three episodes on so many more topics, um, but I wanted to keep this just really your perspective. I'm going from residential to to commercial, but I always like to end with some funny stuff, right? Give me give me some some funny stories, each one of you, uh, more so of you guys in the field. Give me a funny story of, you know, R Ricky in the field, cleaning or at a walkthrough, seeing the client, like, you know, we like to end with laughter, right? So give, give me something that's funny. So I have a funny story that happened a few days ago. So oh, even though I've been rich for, okay. for, three, for three years, you know, you can still make mistakes and it's not me on the field it's actually with management so it's kind of funny uh i feel kind of embarrassed but so um there was there was this employee that uh she wasn't feeling very good and and you know with the risk of risk of COVID, you know we we asked her to stay home because we, we don't want again we go into homes so we don't want to spread the virus and all that we weren't, I mean, we weren't sure if she actually had the virus or anything like that, but we don't want to take any risks. You know, if you have temperature, you don't feel good, stay home. So, uh, you know, we agreed to that. And I started, I started replying through text, uh, you know, when, it, when is it a good time uh, for us to talk and blah, blah. So I said, okay, let me, I, I've been busy the last couple of days. Just, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. The next day I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, it's late. Uh, I'm sorry for the text. I'll, I'll get to you tomorrow, blah, blah. So all of a sudden I get a text that says, 
you know, since, since you haven't gotten back to me, you know, I had to find a new job. And when I looked down at the text, all that time that I was texting back to her, so it was actually, I was texting back to someone else. Oh, someone, else someone else that was ask, asking me for help with their business and blah, blah. So I felt like, <laughs> oh my God. So she felt like I haven't gotten back to her. And all this time I was actually getting back to her through text, but it wasn't her. So what about this I, other person? I still have to get back to them. <laughs> the, the answers actually kind of fed on because they both wanted to talk to me so i was replying to the wrong person about okay when is a good time so i'm busy i'll talk to you tomorrow blah blah so i still have to get back to the other person <laughs> at that moment i just wanted to Gosh. die <laughs> come on man bad communication <laughs> oh my gosh that's funny though i will admit that's funny carlos what about um, you uh so the one <laughs> Uh, this is a few years. I think this is year one when I first started my residential uh, business. I had to go into the field with with a team member. Like I had two two girls working for me part time when I first started, and you know they did two appointments a day for like three days a week. And so one of them called out, um, and then so I was like, well, we got to get the appointments done. Like you know we had a, a new client, deep clean. So like it was like. I think it was like a $400 appointment or something like that. So I was like, I don't want to just let go of $400. Um, so I, it was an empty home. It was a move out, you know, special service. I walk in and it was just like the nastiest smell possible. Like I've never smelled something so, so gross, so funky. It was just the worst. I immediately turned around, walked out and, just puked all over the front steps um and it turned out that the uh um i guess the tenants before i don't know how long it had been empty but they uh there were some rats that had gotten stuck behind the uh, refrigerator uh, like you know the refrigerator back and then it backs into the wall but in between that there's like a like a panel or, or something like wiring or something so there was two mice um, they got like stuck there and I guess they got electrocuted. And so the, it, it was just, it was the worst smell ever. And I couldn't figure And so the entire time I was there helping clean and doing this job, we were there for three hours. I, 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 you know, I couldn't figure it out. So we pulled out the fridge to clean around it. I was like, found oh. it. Um, oh. So, so puke. I, it, oh. I puked. Yeah. I puked. That, that was the worst. Um, yeah, still, I still remember it very vividly, uh, oh, obviously, but yeah. I, I remember someone, I remember reading on Facebook, someone cleaned their own house. So that's, you know. Come on. <laughs> yes. Oh, I remember reading God. on a Facebook group, someone actually walked in, because I, I thought that's where you were going, Carlos. Uh, someone did a moving mobile cleaning that you, that's usually empty, and they said they cleaned their own house. They had the wrong address. So, oh my <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm laughing with you or that person, but it has happened to my it has no. happened to my staff members before. No, an occupied home. Um, you know, both of my clients have, uh, I guess, had identical doors. And oh, the, the, the girls, you know, they were like separated by a neighbor. So, you know, same neighborhood, but they were separated by a neighbor. 
they went to the uh, the wrong home. They and they cleaned the entire floor. <laughs> hey, and it, they clocked they, in though, right? They clocked in. They, <laughs> they well, at the, you know, at that point we didn't have the system, so you know, <laughs> I didn't know they were at the wrong home. But I get a client, I get a call from the client saying, "Hey, like the team was supposed to be here 30 minutes ago. They're not here." Like they're you know, done. To, and, I'm, and I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Like I talked to, you know, so-and-so and they said they had just arrived and they're like, nope. Oh and my God. Uh, it turns out they were, uh, a, you know, a, a door down from them. And uh, yeah, that, I, I felt so embarrassed after that. So you got two funny stories. That was, that was actually funny. Was <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you guys for being a part of this. I appreciate the time you guys have had. All right, Ricky, there you go. Fill it up, buddy. Fill it yeah. up. Carlos, we're going to do a blackout cheers with you since we can't see you. Yeah, Here's sorry about that. I don't know what happened, but I'm, I'm, I'm sipping my last Miller Lite here. I had two while we were on this uh, Zoom All call. Right. I'm going to cheers to you guys. Thank you so much. After, Thanks, we, after we take this sip, I want you guys to let everybody know how to find you guys on LinkedIn or uh, Facebook. Sounds good. Uh, on LinkedIn or Facebook, just searching Carlos Mejia. I'm happy to talk to anyone and uh, share my three years of wisdom, I guess. Thank you. Ricky, what about you? Uh, Ricky Funk. Um, so look me up on... Many Ricky Funks out there, so I think we're going to be... <laughs> Facebook or YouTube or LinkedIn. Um, look me up. I, I usually do some videos trying to share, you know, whatever it's inside my head. Uh, hopefully helping out other people. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much again for being a part of this. Um, I'll, I'll be talking to you guys soon and seeing you guys soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, All right, guys. Man. All right. Bye, guys.